no other opera chorus could sing this piece like this, like the Welsh National Opera mm. do, because th they hold the story so close to their heart, and they're still members of this chorus who either were down the pit or certainly father, grandfather. When you're that close to a story, you're going to obviously tell it in a different way because you've got ownership of it. I just hope that uh, people come out to see it because it's really quite special. Hello, I'm Michael Graham Court, and welcome to the second episode of our mini-series on the O-Word, exploring Welsh National Opera's new operetta inspired by the Welsh male voice choir tradition, Blaze of Glory. I'm delighted to say that joining me today are two of the opera's wonderful cast, mezzo-soprano Nafisatu Batu Dharami, who plays Blodwen, and baritone Mark Llewellyn Evans, who plays Caradog Probert. A very, very warm welcome to you both. And I just want to start our discussion um, by asking you to introduce us to the characters that you play in Blaze of Glory. So who are Caradog and Blodwen? Uh, Caradog is a stickler for the tradition of the male voice choir. And I'm kind of, I suppose if there is um, in the piece a baddie, mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I am that because the choir breaks a couple of the rules according to Caradog and he's not having any of it. So mm -hmm. he, he throws all his toys out of the pram and says, hang on a minute, I think I can hear a bearded alto among there. And not only a bearded alto, but I believe it's a professional. Right. So, yeah, he's not, he's not happy with any of it. So uh, he's got a bit of a bee in his bonnet. And what about Bloodwen? Bloodwen, she, um, she's in this group of friends, the three of them. They've known each other for a long time, since childhood, with Bronwyn and Branwen. Mm -hmm. And they've, you know, they absolutely love singing. They fancy themselves to be the Andrews sisters. And they've been taught by Miss Price growing up. And Miss Price has gone to London. She's educated. And for them... That's their ideal woman. So none of the, well, they're not girls really because they're in their late 20s, mm. but none of them are married. They don't, you know, which is quite unusual, I would say, at that time to be single and unmarried at in your late 20s. But I think the dream is that they want to go to London, they want to travel, they want to perform and all of those things. So every opportunity they can get, they're beveling and doing little numbers and, you know, skipping across the stage whenever they can, even though it's slightly, you know, pushing what's acceptable. Normally, I guess the expectation is, yes, the women can enjoy their music in the chapel mm -hmm. or the Gilbert and Sullivan numbers, which are lines that are quoted at different parts of the opera, but they see more for themselves. Right. Yeah. And. I suppose, you know, given the subject matter of male voice choirs, audiences coming to the to the show might well expect a sort of male dominated production or a male dominated story. And actually the the opera says at the very beginning, Miss Price says, This is a story about men and manliness and masculinity. Yeah. And actually that's a sort of red herring, isn't it? It's it's not always the case and no and women play a really important role in, in the story well it's miss price who who really rallies everyone together and you know and says look we need we need joy in our lives we need song let's not despair let's look towards brighter things and she's really 
the driving force behind the whole mm. the whole get up mm. absolutely mark you you mentioned there that um you're sort of playing the villain if this kind of light-hearted yeah, piece yeah. has a villain caradog probert he's the the head judge of the Eisteddfod. Yes, and, absolutely, um, the adjudicator. So, so how much have you kind of relished that 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 role within the piece? And you have a lot of back and forth with uh, Jeff Lloyd Roberts, um, who plays Mister Pugh. And how has your rep- repartee been with him? Do you do you know him previously? And how much have you enjoyed that? Yeah, I think uh, we were just talking before we uh, went on the air here. Is that it's a dream team? Um, mm. Lots of the cast. I know and Jeff and Rebecca um, I've worked with for the last 30 years probably uh, and they just bring sparkle joy and positivity to a rehearsal room the production team the whole lot of them exactly the same so I think for me within the role it's fun to have that kind of little bit of an edge and a little bit of um yeah, I think he's the one that's a bit more operatic, actually, than some of the music, because some of the music is very musical theatre, uh, or operetta anyway, certainly. Mm. And I think Caradog's music's got a little little bit more of a bite to it, a bit more, maybe Britain or a bit um, Stravinsky. It's got a little bit more, yeah, meat on the bones, I suppose. It's just a gorgeous energy to be in. Everything is just taken with such wonderful heart and with the best intentions to make this piece sing uh, excuse the pun sing and and come off the page Mm. to tell a wonderful story which is what it's all about and I just think no other opera chorus could sing this piece like this like the Welsh National Opera Mm. do because Mm. they hold the story so close to their heart and there's still members of this chorus who either were uh, down the pit or certainly father grandfather when you're that close to a story you're going to obviously tell it in a different way because you've got ownership of it mm. and, and you know it does it has that real heart to it and uh, i just hope that uh, people come out to see it because it's really quite special mm-hmm. um just to go back to uh Blodwen, um quickly um you've been working um with Angharad Morgan, who plays uh, Bronwen, and Angharad Lydon, who plays Branwen. And yes. as you've said, you've formed this sort of close harmony group, uh, a doo-wop group, and you compare them to the Andrews um, sisters. Yes, yeah. W- what has it been like sort of forming a little pop group within within an opera? Have, have you had to adapt your vocal style at absolutely, all? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Um, it's... It's funny because, you know, people, whenever I say, oh, I'm an opera singer, and they go, oh, do you do any jazz? And I go... No, <laughs> actually very, very specialized. So it's been, that's been a really interesting experience to, to, it's not that you're going off the voice, but you're just tuning into the style of the piece and making it work for you with the technique that you've been given. Mm. And what's been really joyous is that not only as people, but vocally, we found that the overall sound blends very well together. And it's, there's just, there's something about this group of people that's very easy to tune into each other, to shape different parts of text or musical shapes. And it just, it happens quite naturally. And so so you found that the three of you really just, just clicked quite, yeah, quite yeah, instantly. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I'd, I'd love to go back to what you were saying, Mark, just then about 
male voice choirs in in general and what they mean to Wales, but also to to other places as well. Um, but you grew up in Carmarthen, yeah, in West Wales, and and I think as a, as a sort of Welsh person myself as well, the sound of a male voice choir is is really like wrapped up in ideas about Welsh national identity, or at least you know certain perceptions of Welsh national identity. Um, I just wondered what it really means to you when you hear the sound of a male voice choir or when you think of male voice choirs. It's that heraith, isn't it? That, that, that word, that longing, that home is calling. Um, for me, um, there's lots of levels, but I remember my brother and I, we had a concert. We were very lucky when we went to the Guildhall. We had a concert every weekend to come home to sing with a choir. Hmm. And... I think those days for a lot of people have, have gone because the choirs are older, they don't have the funds. But even if you only had your travel, the there was a platform to try repertoire out, work with an audience, you know, because people will say to me now, oh, you know, you, you're good at presenting something, you're good at this. So, but that was because you had the experience and you, you were lucky enough to, as I said, most weekends, go out and do a concert and could my Bjorn different Howie just outside Carmarthen, mm. Sinclair, uh, Whitland. And that's where they took us on tours to Canada, to America. And, you know, you, you could pull out various songs, try them, and you knew what worked with an audience, what didn't. And then they would sing on and off the stage. I mean, afterwards in the pub, over a pint, you would hear... Their solos, you know, they would do a Tom Jones impression or somebody would. There was a wonderful song, Telephone to Glory, you know, these gospel songs. And um, this it just touches your heart, whether you understand the words and whether you speak Welsh or not. I think, mm. as we know, Trochi and various other choirs are known all over the world. You see them on stage, you know, now and they they could be on their 80s, their 90s, they're on two sticks. But my gosh, they give absolutely everything singing. Was a, there was a neighbour opposite me, and he said that when his father went down the pit, they had two ways. Either somebody was um, of deciding whether somebody was going to be right. They were either big and, and burly, and they would work hard, and they'd be the right sign of build for it, or they had a voice. Right. Okay. And I mm. actually love that. They said, come to the come to the cl- uh, rugby club on Saturday or to the pub, sing us a couple of notes, and we'll know whether you're going to be any good for the choir. Mm. I mean... That's remarkable. I mean, where else does that happen? But yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's amazing. It is. It really touches you. you. Well, you've had a really long and illustrious career. Like you, you've obviously sung title roles in operas, in in opera houses. You're, you've been in a film. You've you've sung at the Millennium Stadium in in front of you know the full crowd there before a game. But is Blaze a particularly kind of special piece for you then? Yeah, I think it links lots of things. You're right. Uh, you know, I've done a couple of big movies and albums or whatever. My first role ever was with the Welsh National Opera. Mm-hmm. Um, walking out leading the Welsh rugby team onto the pitch for a Welshman, I think, is or a Welsh lady, is very important um, and just gets you. I remember Rupert Moon saying to me when you, as you're walking out, you know, don't cry, just go out there and sing because it's really nostalgic and really... Um, I think... Coming back to Welsh National Opera, I haven't been here for 15 years, um, to sing an opera that's about my homeland and with a history like like the Paul Robeson part of it, you know, and listening yesterday in rehearsal to the broadcast, 
the actual broadcaster, Paul Robson from America, when he wasn't allowed to come over because mm. the Americans had taken his passport off him. It's it's incredibly important, I think. And I think every time, whatever story we got, but having a new story like this, you know, we're very honoured to have the right to hold this story and to portray it for an audience. So, yeah, I think th th there's lots of reasons why I'm very... Uh, smiley and very <laughs> pleased to be back caroline says you smile the director says you're smiling all the time i said well i'm back at welsh national opera one and two uh yeah it's it's an important story for me and nafisatu as someone who's who's almost at the other side of things if you like um you're just starting your career with with welsh national opera and unlike mark you're not you're not somebody who was kind of brought up mm. in wales and and so you're not as immersed in that tradition um what is it like starting with the company uh, and and also how have you responded to hearing that distinctive sound of the the male voice choir and those pieces like Gwahodiad and Camrantha um what's your first impressions been um it's it's just such incredible it's an incredible sense of community and and the history is there absolutely but you know, there's something that's very difficult to describe in in the when you're in the room listening to the music, just watching the the tenors and the basses singing those those hymns. It's incredibly beautiful. It's moving, and you get such a strong and immediate sense of the culture, and that's that's just been such a beautiful thing to witness. There are so many great things about being part of this this particular production and working with WNO has been has been an amazing experience. It's such a welcoming and warm environment and people are very just very open and friendly and um, authentic. Mm. And that's I think for someone who's at this stage of my career, that's a really encouraging thing. The the industry can be so competitive you can lose your humanity in that so it's really it's just amazing to see that that beautiful connection the human connection that you find with your colleagues in the chorus all the way across the board and then the opera in itself is just it's just so joyful there are so many reasons to be smiling it's fab yeah it sounds like it's shaping up to be a, yeah, a really yeah. special piece I just wanted to ask about sort of male voice choirs that are going to be participating in the piece as well, because, of course, we're not just dealing with a historical entity here. There there are still in Wales hundreds of, of male voice choirs around. And although they are sort of sadly dealing with with lots of different pressures at the moment um, and maybe on Dufferin Toey that you mentioned very sadly um, yeah. folded um, last year. Um, but leaving that aside, um, we do have a number of choirs who are really excited to be taking part in this piece alongside the WNO cast. So how much are you, as performers, looking forward to them coming into the performance space with you uh, and kind of lifting the performance as well? Well, for myself personally, I just, I can't imagine it. It's such, it sounds like such an incredible thing. And I think it's going to be really powerful and moving and and thrilling you know to have so many people who have such a strong connection to that music i'm really looking forward to that it's going to be amazing 
Yeah, I th- well, it's funny. I know one of the choirs. Uh, well, I don't know the choir so well. I know the conductor uh, very well. And uh, she was saying that they're almost overwhelmed, that they can't believe. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That, they, that, they, that they've nearly pulled out three times. <laughs> uh, yeah, because they're going... Because the accompaniment is a new arrangement. The mm. hymn hasn't been touched, but the accompaniment's new. Uh, and she's played a bit of the accompaniment. They go, oh, that's not how they know. We can't do it like that. We can't do it like that. And then uh, I was rung up and they said, can you tell them, you're on speaker now, about the piece, and can you tell them that when they sing, you know, there's no funny business. But I said, guys, you've all got to come. Because... Mm. Without you, that's the Welsh National Opera rubbish without you, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I think, yeah, I think it's for those choirs, particularly the older ones, we're joining the Welsh National Opera. Mm. That's a big deal. And I, mm. and I yeah, I, I hope they just have a wonderful time and just embrace it. And, you know, in, on some levels, don't worry about the notes. Don't worry about this. Mm. The Welsh National Opera boys have got, have got that covered. <laughs> Enjoy it smile and actually just take in that joyfulness which is what this story is all about one of the musical directors said well these are men who've been immersed in singing for their whole lives but actually this will be the first time that some of them will have stepped inside the opera house or actually you know watched an opera never oh. mind being part of the yeah, production and on so many levels that's the audience or that should be the audience of welsh national opera I think it's really important to give uh, st- things back to the people for the, so that they, they feel the doors are open mm. for them. And of course the doors are, but it's something like, I heard one song about Classic FM, it's something like two million people listen to classical music but don't go and hear it live. But wow. maybe maybe this is a chance um, you know, to, to break down a little bit of that. Of course, it's a, it's a longer journey than that, but mm. at least that. You're right, you know, those... Ca- we can't believe we're going into the Wales Millennium Centre. Uh, but it's no different to standing on the rugby pitch or whatever. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, we've we've obviously talked a great deal about the Welshness um, of this piece. It's, it's a really distinctive kind of slice of um, small town Welsh life, if you like. Um, but, but we are taking this opera out on tour as well. We're going to venues in England like uh, Southampton and Milton Keynes and Birmingham and Bristol. So... Why should those audiences be interested in this um, South Walian story? And are the messages of Blaze uh, maybe a bit more universal? Absolutely, because, you know, no matter where you come from, what your background is, what, you know, what point in history you're at, there's there's a common theme of of struggle and overcoming your, your struggles and adversity, um, you know, through through music, mm-hmm. through song, through, you know, through expression and also through your community and the people that you care about. That's something that everyone can relate to. And I think that there will be characters, regardless of whether you come from mining families or not, there will be characters that people will be able to relate to um, and and laugh with or, or laugh at, but just because they're just such great characters they're really cute so many of them um and there's just a lot of joy to be had in in the story so absolutely it doesn't really matter that maybe you don't know a lot about the history of it but it's Mm. a great story the music's fantastic the costumes will be fab 
there's just a lot there's a lot to offer there i think absolutely the story is universal music make you know there's a wonderful line we need a glee Mm. life is rubbish everything is falling around us the pits may close we need to sing and i think that is a universal story um uh, whether it's children, the health and well-being after lockdown and whatever else is mm. low with kids and getting them out there and finding a voice. You know, I, I was working in a school and a little boy had come back after lockdown as an elected mute and he would not speak at all. Mm. So we did four days of workshops and on the fourth day he came up to me afterwards. He said, I don't want to speak, but I'd love to sing. Wow. And th- those kind of things, I think we forget how powerful singing and storytelling is and mm. and this opera it's got so many different styles in it from the girls the magnificent girls they are amazing already the close p- part harmony that ni- very 1950s uh, radio um mm. andrew sisters you've then got hymns you've got musical theater dance numbers you've got something that's a bit more operatic in my role it's just a delight there is something there for everyone and yeah it's going to make you smile maybe if i could just finish by asking you to kind of take us inside that rehearsal room um particularly for a a new work which this is this is quite an unusual thing i suppose to be part of in in an opera um what has that rehearsal experience been like coming together as a company and working with caroline clegg the director and stephen higgins the the conductor and the rest of the team and of course you know your fellow cast members uh it's honestly everybody from david composer to ryan the choreographer uh caroline stephen i know from college everybody's just wonderful energy and the chorus are inviting and funny and they it's it's a dream team and mm. i, I the cast is, you know, somebody goes, takes a wrong turning, somebody's there to help you. That doesn't always happen, I can tell you. I mean, mm, I've been here, yeah. I've been in lots of other places where you'll have a conductor or director screaming and shouting at you, and you've actually mm. maybe come in a bar early, but you're learning it. And we are only humans anyway. The delight here is like, try whatever you want, because we want to make the best story ever, mm. you know. And Caroline even saying things like, I'm going to go to the big pit. Does anybody want to lift it? Does anybody, <laughs> you know, almost like a school trip. Um, that is wonderful. And I hope that energy comes across with this story as well, because that'll be wonderful. It's really true what you say, that there's really no hint of tension in the room. It's just, it's a very willing and open environment. Caroline is open to suggestions. Mm. Ryan is, it's it's an open and of course, you know, you can't have too many people going because then you will be there forever going, oh, well, but I think, oh, well, maybe if we do this. But there is there is that general kind of open space of if there's anything you want to bring forward or if this is not working for you in this way, how can we help you make it feel more comfortable? Um, and that can be simple things like if somebody has an old injury or something like that and the choreography is maybe a bit, ooh, that's a bit advanced for me um but there are all kinds of other considerations and yeah the chorus the chorus is just gorgeous everyone is really really lovely it's soft for a welsh of the welshman is it? it's all those welshmen i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> 
Yeah, and even if they're not the most attractive, as soon as they start to sing, that's it. That's it. <laughs> She's now blushing, boys. I'm not blushing, you're blushing. <laughs> so... There's no tension in the room in rehearsals, which is wonderful to hear. Will there be tension then on that opening night? Will you have those those first night nerves or is it just a sense of excitement about wanting this to hit the stage? Well, I think tension may be the wrong word because I, I don't think that's going to be allowed. I, yeah. I, obviously, look, there's always pressure uh, yeah. because you want to do the best yourself. Mm. There's always little things that'll go wrong. There's mm. always things that'll be heightened and made better with that adrenaline. It'll be buzzing, I'm sure, and... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm I think buzzing is the right word. It's going to be absolutely buzzing. It's going to be electrifying, I think. Amazing. Well, huge thanks to Nafisatu and Mark for joining me today to discuss Blaze of Glory. Next time, for our final episode exploring Blaze of Glory, I will be joined by some of those participants from our nine local male voice choirs across Wales and England who will talk to me about what performing in this opera means to them. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>